Broken Vessels Hidden Treasures is giving away a free gratitude journal. Tabitha shares more details about her adventures in Nagaland as we discuss the importance of a thankful heart. Stay tuned to hear all that and more on today's episode of Thankful in Affliction. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Are you a broken vessel, weighted down with discouragement, illness, or perhaps a disability? Well, take heart. Whatever your burden may be, God offers treasures that will transform your life. Hello, dear listeners. You're listening to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. And here are your hosts, Paul and Tabitha Norris. Our favorite season is here. Fall. I know what you might be thinking. Paul and Tabitha live in Arizona. So what would they know about fall? Well, here in Arizona, we can tell it's fall when we don't have to wear oven mitts to touch the steering wheels when we drive. (laughs) Believe it or not, we do have different climates in Arizona. There's hot and a little less hot. So when the temperature drops just below 90, we understand the season has changed. Regardless of temperature, every item we see at the grocery store is pumpkin flavored. That alone should confirm the rumors. Fall does does exist exist in in Arizona. Arizona. (laughs) Here in the U.S., one of the major highlights this time of year is celebrating Thanksgiving. For Christians especially, Thanksgiving is more than just spending time with family, watching a football game, and enjoying turkey and pie. It's about taking the time to reflect on the blessings God has given us. It's easy to give thanks when life is going according to plan. However, one surprising aspect we find in the Bible is that we're to be giving thanks in all circumstances, even the difficult ones. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Something that jumped out at me while I studied this verse was the preposition in. Too often, I believe, we misunderstand this verse We think we should be thanking God for all circumstances, for the heartbreaking loss, for the great injustices, or whatever our trial may be. The word in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 is in. Give thanks in all circumstances. We can give thanks in all circumstances because of who God is and what he is accomplishing. We all go through seasons of blessing and seasons of sorrow. Either way, Through Christ, we can not only face life's circumstances head-on, but also lay each of those circumstances before God with thanksgiving. Thankfulness is certainly key to peace and spiritual victory. You brought out a good point, Paul, about being thankful in all circumstances. I have muscular dystrophy, which is a progressive disease. The symptoms are often brutal and I'm not sure I can say I'm thankful for muscular dystrophy, right? but I am thankful that in my weakness, God has showered my life with grace and joys. Hmm. For those of you podcast listeners who have been tuning into our show since the beginning, you may recall that over the span of 12 years, God gave me the privilege of having a ministry in India. Around my ninth year of working there, my health was changing noticeably. There were bizarre, even alarming symptoms developing, and yet I wasn't quite 
ready or willing to walk away from that ministry. I'd worked and visited ministries all over the country, and there was still one last place on my heart that I desperately wanted to serve, and that was the state of Nagaland. Nagaland is unique on a number of levels. It's one of the three states, I think, in India that's considered Christian. Yet Nagas used to be known as savage headhunters, hmm. even among their own tribes. Wow. At one point, the British Army looked at that area and thought it would be impenetrable. But it was around the late 1800s, early 1900s, Baptist missionaries Edward and Mary Clark entered in, determined to reach those people for Christ. And the power of the gospel indeed broke through the darkness. Tribal leaders began placing their faith in Christ. Within the first 100 years, converts of those missionaries established over 5,000 Baptist churches. My goodness. Yeah. That's a lot of churches. It, it's incredible. And today, on nearly every horizon of those hilltop villages in Nagaland, you can see crosses. And it is a testament to this day of the saving work of Christ. Unfortunately, however, since that point in time, many false teachers and doctrines have crept in. As a result, thousands of Naga people are being deceived about salvation. Many of them rely on their Christian background and good works to save them. That's a shame. So the need to carry the gospel there was and still is very great. The challenge is Nagaland is also a protected area surrounded by a lot of red tape and largely inaccessible to foreigners. And yet God did the extraordinary. He gave me the desires of the heart. I got my work visa and I was allowed to go into Nagaland not only once but twice. Wow. November 2013 is a date that I will not soon forget. My students and friends there, knowing that I would be returning to Nagaland that month to stay and work for quite a long period of time, pooled all their skills and their money together, and they built a house for me. It was very similar to other houses in that village. It was primitive. There was no running water. We had bamboo walls, thatched roofs. However, instead of a dirt floor, they poured a concrete floor for me, and that made it very easy for me to navigate around my house. Oh, it was very incredibly kind of them. Yeah, it, it was thoughtful. It was a huge gesture of gratitude and love, and they, they expressed that love in a tangible way. The village where I worked had a lower literacy rate compared to most of Nagaland. Most of the people there, if not all, were broken and disadvantaged people. My ministry was to work in the mornings teaching children how to read and write, and in the evenings with adults teaching them English and basic life skills. About three or four months into the new year, 
a Naga friend of mine offered to come and stay with me and help me out. I'd been pretty much on my own and I'll admit it was very challenging. So when she told me she was coming, I really started looking forward to having the help and the companionship. I bet. The supervisor of the school, however, was not pleased. You might be wondering why, right? Right, How would a friend staying with me be a burden to him? Ultimately, only God knows what his reasoning was. I will say there is a long, tense history between Indians and the Naga people. Since the 1950s, uh, guerrilla armies and Naga independence movements have been fighting to separate themselves from India. And a lot of Nagas do not like to consider themselves Indian, even though they are in India. (laughs) There's a lot of contention between them. Absolutely. So this supervisor, who is Indian, had numerous conversations with me trying to discourage me from opening my home to her. A few Christian friends came in and tried to rationalize with them, but every conversation seemed to go in circles. As the day of her arrival drew closer, he began to take more extreme measures in an attempt to just thwart our plans. I definitely do not take pleasure in conflict, right? and yet disagreements do happen among all of us True, as true. part of life. Each, each time he confronted me, I would do my best to respond with patience and grace. After all, God is patient and gracious with us, even when we may be at times unreasonable. Most definitely. And my thinking was, well, once my friend arrives, he's going to see that this is really no big deal and he'll cool down. Right. I was wrong. The morning after her arrival, we were seated in my living room at a table enjoying our morning tea. And suddenly he burst through the door and you could see anger all across his face. He rushed toward my friend, grabbed her by the hair and raised his fist as if he was going to punch her. And when I I look back at that moment and replay it, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you it felt like everything slowed down. It was in slow motion. And I'm not even sure what happened or what was said. I do remember saying something. I don't know what (laughs) I said. Thank God that nothing happened. As quickly as he had grabbed her, he let go and stepped back. And no one was hurt. We never mess with the quiet ones. That's what they always say. (laughs) Apparently, I'm intimidating and didn't know it. Yeah, sometimes. I think so. (laughs) Well, in in reality, the Lord certainly had his hand of protection over us. Definitely. And no one was hurt. It did become clear to me that for the sake of keeping peace, and even for the sake of our safety, that I needed to move. I didn't want to turn 
my back on him or the ministry, so I agreed to continue teaching there throughout the remainder of my stay. But it it was better for me to commute to the school and um, not cause conflict, further conflict. Right. Having no idea how my move would affect that particular ministry was an uncomfortable place to be. Yet, even in that heartache of having to change plans suddenly, the joy of the Lord stayed with me. Our plans may change, but God is always the same. Nothing ever takes him by surprise. His word became my source of peace. And I'm glad to say it wasn't very long before I could see that God meant even that difficult situation for my good. He surrounded me with godly friends who really had my back. He gave me friends in high places, too. The chief of police and his wife took me under their wing. They became very dear companions. They not only offered to protect me, but they also opened doors of opportunity that took me all over the state of Nagaland. My ministry went further than I ever thought it could go, and that was purely by God's grace and goodness. Later later on in the year, a young lady named Sangita mm-hmm. actually left her home and her village for a year just to become my personal helper. And then she became very heavily involved in our ministry, and it was a joy to see her grow in the Lord. So one door after another kept opening up. During that term, God allowed me to see much fruit for the labor. Students placed their faith in Jesus Christ, and by the end of the term, a Bible fellowship had been established. While all of these marvelous experiences were happening, at the same time, my body was sending stronger, more frequent signals that something was wrong. I was waking up more often with crushing, debilitating migraines and indescribable fatigue. And sometimes the pain would even climax to the point of being confused and vomiting. Hmm. I had no idea what was going on, but I understood that my ministry would need to draw to a close. Mm -hmm. So in December of 2014, a couple from my sending church, Victor and Susan, they very graciously offered to fly out to Nagaland and travel back to me. This turned out to be a huge blessing. If you want to talk about God's providence, on our return flight home, I had two seizures And you might wonder, why is that a blessing? (laughs) Well, the timing of it was a blessing. I'm ever so thankful my friends were there to witness it for the first time. And that later helped us and the doctors confirm that I had actually been having seizures for quite some time. And it also explained those bizarre symptoms and later led to the diagnosis of muscular dystrophy. 
So God had me in the right place at the right time. Definitely. All of those experiences changed me, strengthened my faith in Christ, and especially deepened my burden to be an instrument of encouragement to others who are suffering. I'm grateful God was with me, and he continues to be with me every step of the way. I noticed, as you were talking about your experiences, that you were grateful for the Lord. And gratitude should be one of the most distinctive marks of a believer. I've seen the devastating effects of muscular dystrophy, and this certainly hasn't been a smooth, comfortable journey for you. Without a doubt, though, in our times of deepest pain, God draws us closer to him and to each other. In the midst of our storms, we sense his deepest love and compassion. I think it's safe to say, if there's anything in this world for which we'd bless God more than anything else, it would be the blessings that have come out of our pain. Along this line of thankfulness and affliction, we think of Silas and Paul in Acts 16. They were in Philippi and had cast out an evil spirit out of a young slave girl. This brought the wrath of her owners and the Roman law down upon them. A mob joined in with the magistrates to attack them. They beat them and ripped their garments. And then Paul and Silas were thrown into an inner prison and had their feet shackled. In the midst of this horrific suffering, Paul and Silas prayed and sang hymns to God. I imagine their attitudes of thankfulness kept their hearts fixed on God. But we also read an interesting phrase that the other prisoners were listening to them. Undoubtedly, those sounds of joy had an effect on them too. They magnified God over that unjust situation. Exactly. Thankfulness should be fixed on the one with whom all things are possible. When we reflect on what those prisoners heard that night and the astonishment that must have overwhelmed everyone when the earthquake hit and the chains fell off, how can we not say God used all of that to prepare the jailer's heart to receive salvation? I want to read a quote to you. It's taken from a sermon called Songs in the Night by Charles Spurgeon. He said, It is easy to sing when we can read the notes by daylight, but he is the skillful singer who can sing when there is not a ray of light by which to read, who sings from his heart and not from a book that he can see, because he has no means of reading save from that inward book of his own living spirit, whence notes of gratitude pour forth in songs of praise. When you think about it, being thankful in all circumstances is really an act of trust and surrender. We usually don't understand or appreciate suffering, but focusing our attention on God rather than the affliction lightens our burdens. No matter what may be happening, we can still say, Okay, Lord, I know you're in control, and I'm thankful for that. You've got my attention and loyalty. Thank you for being with me each step of the way and the good things you will accomplish. As Paul and I take the time to count our blessings this Thanksgiving, we want you, our loyal podcast listeners, to know that you are among them. We're deeply aware that your financial gifts and prayers make the ministry of Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures possible, and lives are being changed as a result. We also want to challenge and encourage you to make thankfulness a daily spiritual practice. At the end of each day, why not take a moment to reflect on a blessing the Lord has given you? Share that blessing with a family member or jot it down in a notebook. To help you get started, Broken Vessels Hidden Treasures is giving away a free gratitude journal. 
You can find the details of the drawing on our Facebook page at BVHT Podcast. Go ahead and like our page if you're not already following, and we'll have the details of what you need to do to be entered. The winner will be announced on Tuesday, December 3rd, 2019. Until next time, we pray you have a wonderful Thanksgiving celebrating God's goodness. Thanks for tuning in today to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. It is our hope and prayer that you will find the grace and goodness of God even in trials. We'd love to hear from you, and your feedback is important to us. You can reach out to Paul and Tabitha with comments, questions, or to share an episode with a friend in need through our website at bvhtministries.org. Thank you.